So what's my future? You don't have one. I see you, but you can't see me. Welcome to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. This is the start of our coverage of Halloween Horror Nights 23, the event from 2013. And I am Matt, and joining me tonight is my co-host, Quint. Hello. All right. One step closer to finishing our 25-week, now five-and-a-half-year project. Right. And this is the... the second last episode of of history that we need to do well, second last year we might split this in two as we tend to do with these longer years with so much to cover as opposed to 1991 where there was one house yeah no i meant I, I, that's what actually what i meant is I, I the, the yeah. last year second last year second we last need year. to cover yes yeah. yes so 23 this was uh you Flew out for that. I I can't even imagine what date we went, but yeah, you were well, well, well ingrained into Halloween Horror Nights. It was now a, an annual thing. It just oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. And this was the year that that I mistakenly thought was last year, but this was the year that we did finally bring Smitty in. Nope, <laughs> you're still wrong. <laughs> Am I? Yes. Oh, you're right. It was a uh, fear scale. Um, yeah my neighbor yeah yeah it was fierce kill that's right yes he came with us christ how come i'm always so goddamn wrong i thought you have one more year to get it right i know and here's (laughs) the thing like in my mind it was like i love the first year so much i kept going which is true but i also thought it was i love the first year so much i dragged smitty there the next year because like you you couldn't miss this right that's just not the case nope nope but it, it, you got one more try, and there's, there's no way you can get it wrong. I can. <laughs> this might be true. <laughs> oh, trust me, I, I can get it wrong. Oh man! So, all right, what do we got? This one, uh, we're well into starting in September. It was um, a heavy IP year, mm-hmm. uh, which is interesting because in the conversation we had on the episode we just recorded, but. Uh, let's see. You want to do the dates and the times? Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's start there and work our way through like normal. Um, 2013, HHN 23. The event name was just Halloween Horror Nights 23. Um, <laughs> location, Universal Studios. We don't actually go back to uh, Islands of Adventure ever, at least nope. not yet. No. Nope. Um, catchphrase, what evil has taken root? Which... Uh, which is interesting, and I think you know we'll we'll make more sense why it's interesting as we go because it really doesn't have a lot to do with with uh, too much that's going on in the event. I I don't really tie it to anything specific here. Uh, you know um, what I do, and it's a weird one—not weird, but it's it's a, if it if 
if I'm right, it's a weird one to tie to. We'll get to that when we get to a couple other things in the preamble. Yeah, here. yeah. Um, no icon. Uh, you know, they're they're really. This was uh, for for better for worse. This was the year of the Walking Dead. Yeah, we're kind of um, calling this this uh, block of time in Halloween Horror Nights history the IP era. Yeah, and, and and this this event specifically was definitely the year of the Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, <laughs> the dates twentieth uh, September twenty twenty first. 26th through the 29th, October 3rd through the 6th, the 10th through the 13th, the 16th through the 20th, the 23rd through the 27th, and then October 31st and November through November 2nd, which October 31st was on uh, Halloween, which was on a weekend. So they just ran through that entire, well, actually it was on a Thursday. So they ran through the whole Saturday uh, to get to November 2nd for that event. Yeah, uh, that's what's happening this year, actually. It look is, look actually. how relevant we've become. That's why we waited so long. um the hours were fairly similar to what we've come to know 6 30 is the start time to 12 a.m 1 a.m and 2 a.m depending on the dates uh you know obviously the saturdays are later the you know the weekend closer to the weekend you are the later that you get Mm -hmm. to stay the further away from the weekends you are the earlier they knock it off um i'm not going to go through the ticket prices we discussed this last uh episode already Suffice to say, we're going to go through the single night at least, which was $92 right. uh, as a straight fee for for uh, going to Halloween Horror Nights this year. Yeah, these prices are less shocking now. It's it's not yeah. like the 10, 10 years ago when we read it and said, $35? Are you kidding yeah. me? I would have bought 10 Yeah. The Express Pass for a single night was $50. <laughs> now um, that one is, that's still a little yeah, that's surprising, still only, only six years ago. Um, and that's as far as we're going to go with pricing. The rest of it you can you can read online at several different places. We get our stuff at HHN Crypt usually, um, and so you can go through all the pricing for all the frequent frequent fear and frequent fear plus express etc cetera, etc. Cetera, the stay and scream stuff, all that stuff is online for you to peruse and and check it out. Yep. But uh, yeah, just the the base prices were ninety two dollars, and then the the express pass was another fifty bucks. Yeah. So now going back to that whole, the evil taken root and looking at the actual, the number, I guess you'd say design of this there, it's a it's an IP heavy year. It's actually, I mean, it's less IPs than we have technically in 29, but keep in mind, there's only eight houses. We had the walking dead, the cabin in the woods, evil dead, resident evil and American werewolf in London that 23, mm-hmm. I immediately think, and it's probably because of the infamous wood scene and the fact that it takes mostly takes place in the woods not i'm kind of it sounds like i'm leaning towards cabin in the woods i'm actually thinking walking dead when i see that design so those i mean those that i've named off those those are the the five houses of ips that, that mm-hmm. sentence was well constructed uh the other ones were originals of course we had urban legend la Llorona, which is a movie that came out a couple months ago, it feels like. Was it this year? Mm. Could have been a year ago. I'm at the age now where everything ago. was either a couple months ago, a couple years ago, or 1990. Right. So This was not 1990, okay. and I think it was about a year or a year and a half ago. Oh, okay. So, well, I, well the other th- other three, just to wrap up. After Life's Vengeance, Havoc Derailed, Urban Legend, La Llorona. And that's yeah. the eight houses all together. Now, I mean, I, I ca- kind of call this the IP, uh, a- NIP year, and the IP... Uh, what do I call it? Um, era. It was, it was 
It was an IP dominated year. Yeah, and it, and it wasn't, but it wasn't a part. Well, we'll get to this in a second. But as far as the marketing, Cabin in the Woods, Walking Dead, Resident Evil, and uh, Evil Dead were all relatively evenly dispersed across their materials. All four of those had an event cover. Walking Dead mm-hmm. was featured on one of the newsletters. Now, with the September and October, there's probably a second newsletter. I don't have that employee newsletter or or the passholder newsletter from that year. The, uh, if there was a second one, I only have the Walking Dead one. But billboards, um, uh, uh, f- the flyers that they add in with the the maps for the day guests, uh, all, the, the, all the different print material. They one of these four were on it, so it it wasn't really focusing on one as far as advertising. Now, when you get into the scare zones, that's a different story. This was the year where there was five scare zones and every one of them was walking dead related. Not even related themed. Yeah. I mean, it was all, it was basically the entire event was, was walking dead. Um, you walked in, it was walking dead. You you went, like you said about the scare zones, you went through every, you know, every place they normally have scare zones. In some places they didn't usually have scare zones. It was walking dead. They they had a walking dead maze. They had, like, it, it really was that sort of, you, you, it was that first year that you really got inundated with a single IP. Yeah. It's the second year for walking dead, but it's it's a lot of walking dead and this is i think if we're drawing a graph we're kind of at the peak it's like this is this is about the the most we're going to get in one shot and this is about the point where people that don't care about walking dead lost lost after this they lost their tolerance it's like okay you know it is Mm -hmm. what it is they can't possibly keep doing this for another three years (laughs) and then lo and Mm -hmm. behold yes they do yeah, I mean, and they didn't keep doing this. No, 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 but the property. Years, but uh, the property yep. was there for another three years. Yeah. And I, I think, yeah, I think Universal learned an important lesson this year of, of like, you know, if you if you flood your event with one IP like that, um, you, you just, you lose a lot. Yeah. And uh, they did. Yeah. To me. Well, oh, I don't know. I, I I don't know if that's true because think again. I mean, it wasn't until after this that the f- fatigue set in. And that's wa- true. Walking Dead was hot. It was we. I think we forget how damn hot Walking Dead was when this happened. Well, and that's that's part of a big part of my notes to me is um, I actually wish that I had been in the Walking Dead by the time I went to see this. Right, and I was so I was loving this because it was so recognizable. The five scare zones were, and again, if you had watched the show at this point, they made sense to you by name. You, you had an expectation of what you're going into. It's called the Fall of Atlanta, right. Woodlands, Survivors Camp, the Farm, and Clear. And as a Walking Dead fan, finally at that time, having been caught up watching it as it aired, I was loving it, and it was it had to have been a draw because this was. Again, I mean, Walking Dead has been on so long, and it's has ebbs and flows, and it had a little bit of an upswing last year. Now I'm not sure what's going to happen this year. Now Michonne's leaving, but but it, at this was probably the high point of Walking Dead, and it was uh, I imagine it was a draw for a lot of people that have never been to this event before. 
I can't argue that. And, and I, I, I have been a proponent on this show for, for all of the walking dead years, uh, just because of, uh, you know, the, the money that it brings in and the people that it brings in and the, the popularity for the event that it brings in. And, and, and it, it really does back up that dump truck of money and let them do a whole bunch of other things for, with the event. Plus this year, especially the walking dead content was good. That's true. That's true too. Yes. Yep. And well, We'll get into the what's actually in each of these as we go. But we also had two shows. We had the Rocky Horror Picture Show tribute back this year. Mm-hmm. And we had Bill and Ted's Excellent Halloween Adventure. Uh, luckily, we didn't have Daryl's Comedy Hour and go <laughs> full Walking Dead. Right. <laughs> Daryl's Comedy Hour. That would be, wow. Yeah. When you caught Dang, Walker dude. with a crossbow bolt in his head. Dead. And you, Dead. Have, you got, you got, uh, <laughs> you have Merle doing the have a, a, a snare drum and a cymbal going, but it don't tune. Laugh, motherfuckers. I actually just got Merle doing the brum dum dums going, ah. Uh, oh, right. Because zomb- he, yeah, he probably Merle. was zombie at this point. Yep. <laughs> Even if he wasn't, it's just good. Um, <laughs> All right. So I miss Merle. I do. I do. And then, um, oh, man. Uh, Michael uh, Roker, uh, not is it Roker? Roker? Yeah, Michael Rooker. Michael Rooker. Michael Rooker. He's just a cool dude. He, he embraces every role that he does, and then uh, and he embraces every joke that's ever made of him. And just like he just seems like one of those super cool dudes that just you would love to hang out with. You know? Yeah. Anyway, unfortunately, he was not there. No. No. <laughs> so, all right. Where do we want to start? We mixed it up last episode because of that whole roaming. Horde's Legion of Horror thing. So do we want to go back to basics and tackle houses first and then get to the shows and scare zones? Yeah, let's do that. All right. So I will leave it to you to tell me what house to hit and we'll talk about it. All right. I am going to, uh, because, because it's going to lead straight into our next episode, I'm going to leave the walking dead till the last. All right. Um, and I think, uh, what I'd like to do is kind of flip between the, um, the, the IPs and the originals and just kind of go back and forth a little bit. So let's start with cabin in the woods, cabin in the woods. Okay, cool. So, Soundstage 21A, big area, based on the movie, which I did not know for the longest time was a Joss Whedon movie. Yeah. And I'm, I, I, I don't know that I'm a big Joss Whedon fan, but I tend to like some of his stuff. I mean, uh, Firefly, that's top of the list. Mm. I never watched much of Buffy or Angel. Christy yeah. enjoyed it. I think I'm one of the few people that actually can watch Alien Resurrection and enjoy it. I love that movie. Yeah, see, yeah, I like, I like his work. It's terrible, but I love that. Movie. Right, yeah, <laughs> but it's 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 well crafted work or uh, it is, well crafted well 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 crafted crap. <laughs> I don't know I, how to I, say it. it. And I mean, I can watch Ron Perlman play that character oh, God, over yeah. and over, and and the guy from the Crow, the the bad guy from the Crow, I Michael his name. Wincott, I think is his yes. name. I might be wrong, yes. but he's amazing in that as well. Um, I I, I yeah, I don't know. I don't know why so many people bag on that. Well, no, I do know why yeah, so many people right. bag, but I don't know why so so many people who bag on that movie can't see the the awesomeness of the rest of it. Yeah, that's, I anyway, I, I do enjoy it when I see it. So, Joss Whedon movie that that's what this is based on, and we start in the woods, and 
we start with a decapitation victim front and center right there for us to see to know that uh yeah we're, <laughs> that we're in for something here and then then we actually we head right into the um uh what do you call it? the 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 cabin i sorry I couldn't think of what i was saying it's another this this is still technically the facade uh, the the decapitated victim is out there right outside the front of the cabin the queue line is kind of starting to turn into the uh the uh conga line and we're going into the cabin so first room in the cabin it's like kind of the like the 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 main room I, I i guess living room i don't know what you would call it when it comes to a cabin but yeah. you have your furniture yeah. the walls are a little decorated you have some paintings animal head on there of course because there's very likely been used for hunting at one point and right away there's victims lying across furniture and on the floor seemingly dead reaching for you there's a like a demon-esque type character and and if you've seen the movie you know you get a whole mix of everything from every horror movie is what it comes down to it's a nondescript possessed guy with the bulging forehead around one of the corners i don't know how to explain it it's it's general scary demon guy so um uh, we didn't cover this did did you enjoy this movie i did i did but it's one of those movies when you get the big reveal and understanding it's hard to watch a second time yeah, I, I could never make it through the entire first run of this movie. Really? I, I, yeah, no, I just yeah, never that, got it. It seems like something you'd enjoy, especially with the. And I might need to tr- try it again. It was just like when when you got to that first reveal, I just was like, "This is not what I signed up to watch today." I I I don't think I can do this. Okay. And and I turned it off, and I've just never actually gone back to to watching it. Okay, so I might yeah. need to try it again. It may be because if you haven't seen like the last like the finale of it that kind of wraps up everything you might not have gotten the whole story in a oh sense. i didn't get the whole story for sure okay I, I just you know i just uh it wasn't what i was in the mood for that yeah day. yeah yeah i, I can see that horror movie and they kind of switched gears on me in the middle and i was just kind of like I oh so you know. saw you saw when the uh were, they were being monitored yeah okay you need those two worlds to finally collide for the finale to maybe i wouldn't say make sense i don't think that's i think you got the gist of what's happening but there's there's more of a payoff for what you sat through at that point you you turned it off before you got the payoff yeah i i I totally did but it was because and like i said this wasn't one of those things where it was like i was not enjoying what i was seeing it was just one of those things where it's like i got to that and i'm like oh this is not the movie i thought it was yeah okay what i thought i was watching and I, this is not what I'm in the mood for, and so I switched it off. I might need to go back to it. I could get that. I get that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I would. I. You know, it's it's a good uh, plane movie. You got mm. some traveling ahead of you. That's a good one to throw on your iPad. Yeah. Well, I am going to Halloween Horror Nights. <laughs> exactly. Year. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. So from in there, now we get through the main room, and uh, now now we start getting a little more hints of what if 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 whether you've seen the movie or not seen the movie that you're you're recognizing things without them being the exact thing you see you would go down this hallway it's another one of those bare walled hallways where they play with the lights and the sounds really well and then when you get to a point where there's a break in the wall that you may or may not notice you get attacked by a a leather face slash jace a very big guy wielding a heavy weapon that will kill you but not one that you necessarily know which is right. yes, the kind of point of it. Now we're going through the bedrooms, and we have some more mix of characters, victims, and and characters as well. Again, nothing super descript. 
And from there, we head into another passageway, and now we start getting the whole, not even, I was going shit in face, but it's not. It's like, it's, it's, it's chains hanging from the ceiling. There's things you have to push out of your way to distract you because they have a really good ceiling scare in this one. It's another um, kind of uh, zombie slash demon slash deformed not, maybe not quite deformed, but altered human. That's a good one. I'm going to start using yeah. that from now on. Now we're almost done. I have that in my lexicon for descriptions. And ceiling scares are, I mean, they, they'll get me the first time, but i <laughs> they usually get me good enough that I look right up for it so I don't get the shit scared yeah. out of me the second, third, and tenth time I go through. You mean like a <coughs> clown <and laughs> oh, No, I, I was certainly looking for that one on my last run through that house. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, out of there, uh, we we get to uh, now. We start getting into um, rooms with piles of body parts and bad electricity, and and not even flashing like like just that's the thing. It's like it's bad electrics. We don't even get the strobe lights. We're in okay. If you haven't seen the movie, well, I can't really. I, I can spoil the movie for you, but I can't spoil the house, so it's gone. So anyone that hasn't seen the movie, here's where we get the transition to the twist. We're kind of leaving the cabin and we're into the headquarters of the group, the company, the entity that is behind most of these things that happen in these movies. So now we're leaving the cabin. We start getting into cells where these horrible, horrific creatures are kept. And you have one of the most, uh, to me, memorable ones because it's just so creepy uh, one of the first ones you see is the ballerina that has kind of like the that the lamprey face, like with the the round mm. face with the yeah. hundreds of sharp teeth. You get the uh, like the uh, almost uh, one of the Hellraiser Cenobite looking dudes, although he's kind of a combination between uh, uh, one of the Hellraiser Cenobites and just another beast of some sort. You come out of there, you go through a little bit of the uh, um, facility now, and the, the creatures have escaped and taken over, and they're eating. There's dead bodies everywhere. There's creatures eating some of the bodies and feeding on some of the victims. And you move further down, and there's just it's jump scares everywhere because there's elevators and doorways and there's just I mean, you you think of every horror movie you've seen in your life and there's a presence there and one thing i really liked about this house and it could have been a timing thing like i may have just seen something different every time i went through or they very well could have like cast a and cast b could have been completely different this is one of those properties where you kind of have that uh, that um option to add different sets of characters between the two and not ruin the story because there was so many things in the finale of this movie right yeah yeah and and i i don't know the movie but the maze was was there was a lot of just it was chaotic it's, yes it's oh really... the, end, the end is is absolutely chaotic once you get past those so holding cells or whatever you want to call them yeah it's all, all hell breaks loose i mean it's 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 flashing lights it's characters jumping out of everywhere there's there's fog i mean it i i i think i don't know i've never done the um any kind of statistics on this but this finale if you take the last section of this room it might be the most characters 
like actual acting characters. You got the room full of Jackson 25. You got the room full of Michaels in the original Halloween, but the actual costume characters, this might be one of the ones that had the most in the finale. I could be wrong, but feels like it is. It, it, it had a lot. And the, and the thing is, I think even if it wasn't the one that had the most, it was probably the one that had the most differentiated and, and, and you know, the, the most, uh, uh, diverse cast of characters in the final. Oh, that's final for sure. Bit. That's absolutely for sure. And there was one thing that I didn't see. I actually, I am ashamed that I didn't see it. And I don't think I was really looking for things outside of my, the normal field of vision until we started doing this show. But that year, someone had shown me right before this all ended in the very last stretch of this, where there was your, you had a cell, a couple cells you went through. If you looked up and above the cell, every once in a while, a strobe light would flash on the second floor. And there was a statue of Jack up there. Oh, shit. which of course started the rumor mill that Jack was back in 24. Well, that didn't happen, but it did happen in 25. So there was a Jack presence and kind of alluding to that Jack is part of this created uh, world by this one, one group. Right. That was kind of, yeah. neat. that was a great, great tie in. It fit perfectly fine. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Even if it, if, if, I mean, I hope it actually existed, but yeah, that is, that is totally cool that Jack makes a presence there. Yeah. And yeah, Kevin in the woods. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Havoc 2 Derailed. Havoc Derailed. Okay, this is it's an original property, and I had to look up when it started from our conversation. And it was Havoc Dogs of War was the first one. That was Halloween Horror Nights. Do where is it? I remember this. It's a while ago. It's a uh, 2010. It was actually the year before you started. Oh, it was uh, introduced in uh, 20 Years of Fear. Yeah. This is the super soldiers yeah. that went nuts. And this is a continuation of the story. So this was the train that was transporting them, the, the ones that they were able to gather up again after that. And it derailed. And the first thing that you walk into is the derailment of this train. I, The first thing I thought of uh, when I saw this, and oh, actually, take it back. When we actually got on the train... You actually go on a train. It all takes place on the train. It really reminded me of Interstellar Terror, which is one of my favorite designs ever. That's the spaceship one. Because yeah, you're always right. constantly inside the ship. This, In this case, you're always inside the train. Yeah. And, and I, I thought um, there was a lot of effects that they did on your way through that, that kind of gave you the feeling of that, that train movement, like that that back and forth sort of thing, even though you weren't really moving because you're just <laughs> walking along, but you got that, that, that it almost felt like the whole you know thing was going back and forth, back and forth. And that was lighting effects and all of that, that really cool stuff that they do to kind of just set you slightly off kilter. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, the, the design on this, it's, uh, well, I, I just said it before. So, once you once you approach the train and you you actually get on, it has that very uh, well. It's it's a futuristic feel. I guess maybe high tech. I mean, this could take place. This is this isn't really a, a glimpse into the future thing. But you get the high tech everything, the screens and whatnot, and of course within this you get the screens of the you know the status of the of the the train and the status of the communications and uh, report of the, the derailment or whatever, but there's always that one screen that has the, uh, everything is gone to shit and, you know, look out type deal. And to hammer that home, you have a heavily, uh, it's almost like a riot gear on steroids on a security guard standing right there, kind of 
well, not stopping you and not really protecting you, but really just there to set the tone of these are the guys who can't contain them. And you're going in without any of this gear on you whatsoever. Yeah. And, and the, the thing is, is that uh, whenever they show all these computer screens with all of these errors and stuff like that, I really wish that they would have the balls to show the scariest computer screen of all. And that would just be a giant picture of Clippy. <laughs> I thought you were going to say a blue screen of death, but Clippy is pretty good, too. Yeah, Clippy's better, I think. I always change it to the puppy. I'm a dog lover. Yeah, well. <laughs> so from that control room, communication center, I don't know what you call it, you go right into the train, and there's the cells of the genetically engineered warriors that are all ready to break loose and... Gee whiz, do you think they break loose as you walk by? Of course they do. <laughs> you have you have one that's seemingly strapped to a Hannibal Lecter type cart table thing upright, and just as probably the, the weakest link in your group is passing by, he manages to break his his restraints and reach out towards you. Uh, that was actually that was really good. Yeah, that was well done. That was across from that, they had a really well built um like a containment cell of like you know uh, a plexiglass like you would imagine bulletproof glass and it was off all three sides in the back it's like you were looking at it going okay there's there's no bull hole over there so they're not going to get me from here there's none in front of me it's not going to get me from here the front plexiglass window was a drop bull hole that was yeah. cool because that was unique most bull holes we'd experienced up to that point were dark or behind some kind of like picture or facade something you weren't expecting you clearly saw this character and your mind had already made up that nothing was going to happen and then bam that clear window is 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 down very cool addition to something that we knew but with a twist on it yep yeah so and this was i mean i hate to just uh, kind of jump into a, a summary but you this is kind of what we get. We get the the super soldiers in different areas of the train and in different type cages over and over again. It's not as repetitive as it sounds, but it's hard to describe uh, this. Yeah. And it's not necessarily one trick type thing. I'm not saying that at all. They had different effects, different cells that did different things that they escaped out of, different um soldiers that were already out pounding on a guard which may or may not have been a dummy depending on what what uh characters were working and what team was on and it's it's just it's it's super high like just intense anger and threat and and violence all around you the whole time it's like there's no break from it that's the fun part about it you're always on your toes either getting yelled at or getting swiped at or in some sort of danger it's it's a it was a pretty intense house energy wise yeah and, and i mean even though you know it was one rail car after another there was no re repeat sort of uh sets or you know repeat sort of 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 boo holes and scares and that kind of stuff it was always they were always throwing you for a loop you you knew you were on a train and you were going from car to car but but every car was different yeah it, it was different. So yes exactly it, yeah Good. it kept it kept the diff you know the diversity up there but at the same time you know you you were feeling attacked on all sides and your you, the intensity is exactly what you said it was like by the time you got out of that one you were drained yep it was uh the the train part i mean like i like you just you said said it very well it was it was uh they changed it up enough so that it 
was a little different each time. And then we get to the end where the actual damage of the train is. And now they have a lot of fun with putting it like at about 30 degrees or so. You're still, you're walking on basically the side of the train, but now everyone sells on the side. And so you got some different angles. You're, you're not getting necessarily ceiling swipes, but you're getting swipes from like, you know, a, like, above your right shoulder like that's where the guy's head is looking at you it's 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 really cool that they had they they took the derailment and and put that little twist on it exactly and then you finally get out you have to get out of the train somehow and this is where the where the worst of it is and the the guys have actually escaped so now you're set in a another setting you're kind of uh, outside the wreckage wreckage you're not it's not really woods but you're you're outside it's um kind of a a urban industrial area a lot of uh wooded slats and boxes and whatnot and a lot of places for these psychotics now armed with guns to jump out at you so really like highly intense uh non-stop it's it's it it is kind of uh if you want a modern equivalent to the feeling of uneasiness from beginning to end, I would liken the experience, not what you saw, but the experience to patient zero last year in 28. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure it was that quite, quite that intense, oh, really? but it okay. was intense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I it's, it was different, but I mean the, the idea of it never, never relenting. Exactly. It really didn't relent and it didn't stop and it didn't do like you never got comfortable in that, that maze like there's a lot of times when you're going through mazes and they try and get you a little comfortable and then and then they just hit you with something again and then they try and you know they're just trying to get you off your your uh out of your comfort zone right Mm -hmm. put you in a comfortable place and then out of the comfortable this was just like a full-on onslaught of of just you know sensory overload all right so uh let's move on to resident evil so, okay, Resident Evil, Escape from Raccoon City, Soundstage 21B, and we start outside on the street, and we've already got zombies kind of beginning to take up. Well, first off, I say zombies because I don't know the game. Have you, Did you play Resident Evil or watch any of the movies? Is it a movie? Um, I, I think I watched a movie. And just because it's Mila Mila Jehovah, I just saw that now. Yeah. (laughs) And and so, you know, I mean, I'll watch her read a phone book. I'll be honest. Multipass. Multipass. Yeah. Um, So uh, the movies are terrible. Let me rephrase. The movies are awesome cheese. And the video games, I remember playing one a long, long time ago. And they were pretty good, but it, it was just kind of not my cup of tea at the time and not because I like, I do like horror video games and this was more of a shooter sort of thing that I was just kind of like, eh, it's been done. Not really interested. And I moved on. Um, I, I know that the video game series got a lot better as it went on. And the movie series got more of the same (laughs) as it went along. Uh, um, and, but, but I mean, the movie series is, is well loved by a certain, you know, click of people and and it's 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 doesn't pretend to be anything other than what it is which is awesome b movie schlock is it with the uh is this the one with the umbrella corporation yep then i have seen at least one movie when when i saw mila jovokovich yeah why do why do i even try saying jovovich yeah her (laughs) when i saw the name i was like yes i think i have seen at least one movie 
You've seen almost all of them because I believe you and and Dave did cutting room floor of those. That's where I know it from. Okay, you are yeah. correct. Yep. Yeah, you're right. Uh, I, I skipped a bunch of those because I didn't watch them and I wasn't going to watch them just to listen to you guys talk about them. So, <laughs> um, but I know you watched a whole lot more of them than I did. That's what that's you're right. Yep. Well, actually, I don't think we watched all of them. I think we watched the first one. Your sequel harder wasn't until you watch all the movies. Right. I, I don't know. I, yeah. I, I, I don't but anyway, I have, but that's where I did see it. That's why I saw it. So yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, back onto this. And this is the point. This is this. I'm glad we recorded in the order we recorded tonight. Outside on the street, like I said, there's uh, a couple zombies roaming around, but there is there were police officers that were roaming around their police car, and then on a second car was someone I'm guessing a, either a character or someone representative of this umbrella corporation that was shooting them, st- also standing on a car that is still. I guess you're kind of in the house now because you got a couple of character interactions, and now we're going inside to a pizzeria, and we get a couple great um, characters. One of my all time favorites is the the. It's the pizza maker, but he's like, it's, it's not just, not just an apron guy behind a counter at a pizza place. He's got the chef, not just a chef's hat, but like the chef boy RD hat where it's so big, it kind of lops to one side. <laughs> yep. I, I love that. And you got to think that it had a, uh, uh, that's, oh, I, I don't know. I, I was gonna say I had to have a chef boy RD influence, but I, I might be stretching there. Uh, there was an influence there for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and there's also a couple other uh, zombie-ish characters in there. I guess are they zombies? Do they ever declare them zombies in this? They're infected of okay. something. I, I they're zombies. They're All right, I'm just going to call them zombies because I don't know what the proper term is. And apologies to anyone that's a fan of the game of the movies. I, I just don't. I don't know what it's what the name is. And okay, so we're out of the restaurant. This was the behind the counter and the pizza ovens and where all the chairs are. Now we're actually going into the into the rest into the uh, kitchen. I'm sorry of the restaurant and more opportunity for more zombies characters, especially when you go past the uh, shelf shelving unit where they have plates and and all the and and uh, pans and everything you'd see in the kitchen. That's how much time I spend in the kitchen. Best two things I come up with: plates and pans. <laughs> But you know what I mean. I think anyone that's, that's, that's ever seen an industrial or a kitchen for a restaurant knows what I mean. <laughs> right. Like they've got stoves yeah, and deep fryers and, yeah. you know, like, like yeah. kitchen stuff, <laughs> including <laughs> like pans and plates. Uh, plates. <laughs> oh, that was, this is, that's going on my highlight. That's going on my, my sizzle reel. Oh, it should. Okay, it's got it's got to be on your demo reel somewhere. Uh, so we go out of the kitchen and into the the back of this, and now we're in kind of an alleyway, and there's there's more more zombies, more zombie. Does you kind of get the same um, the the uh, people have the same infection, so you kind of have the makeup on there, but you got all people of all walks of life. So you play with the costumes a little bit. You got a guy in a, a hooded jacket, and then you got a a, a young girl in a, a you know, pink sweater type thing. So, you know, a lot of fun to mix it up for casting and for the costumers as well. Yeah. Uh, from the next building we go into, now we go into the back of a laundromat and we're going through the, um, where all the, the, not a laundry mat, but like a dry cleaner. So there's, there's hanging racks of clothes in, 
uh, plastic wrap. And the first thing you see when you walk into there is one of the zombie dogs. I remember the dogs from the movie. So I know that's a thing. Mm -hmm. And as you go through, you, of course, you're expecting characters to pop through there. And so you're kind of at eye height of where a character would be. What you're not looking at is the bottom rack of clothes where they have a, uh, it's it's probably a puppet or maybe a mechanical one, but a puppet dog popping out between the clothes. That was a good, that was a good distract, like a a really unique distraction. It's like they knew everyone was going to be looking at the top rack and they stuck the dog in the bottom. Yep. That was actually a really good scare. Yep. Um, out of the laundry area, we go further into this building. It's itself. It's, it, we're kind of transitioning into, uh, uh, another building, rather, uh, but we haven't gone through the front door of the laundry mat. They just kind of are, are putting us in another place in the story. And now we start seeing the, uh, I, I don't know what they're called. It's the brain monster. And it's it's mm-hmm. the monster with the brain outside. You can't see his eyes. And he's got this long ass tongue. We got yep. our first sighting of that popping through a boo hole in the wall. And as we go, we get a few more that are seemingly crawling from the ceiling, but they're just they're kind of uh, the mannequins. But they're playing with the lights really well to make it give the illusion of movement. Oh, it doesn't move. But then we also get our first Alice character, the the main character yes. from this. She comes around the corner to shoot the one that's overhead. Okay, so we wind, we're winding in and out of, again, like a nondescript building and more of these brain characters. Now we're getting, I don't know that we have any more Alice characters. That might have been our one and done. I don't recall, but there was other people with the Umbrella Corporation or, or more of the good guys trying to shoot these characters. But what I do remember is when we get back outside, we're kind of in our finale. We've got more characters. Now we got the whole gambit. We got the victims. We have some more of the brain characters, and we might have some more game characters that I'm just not familiar with. But the thing that I couldn't see is that there was a huge helicopter overhead firing down at the zombies, helping us try to escape. Yep. That was cool. It's it's uh <laughs> I, I don't I was it's not reminiscent of the plane that was in Seeds of Extinction because this is just a helicopter hanging above our heads. They had some kind of blowers pushing down so you could feel the rotors of it above your yep. head. And of course it was a great set piece. Yes, and like I said in the get go of this, this is all inside a sound stage. Yeah. I love when you don't realize you've been inside until after it was all said and done. And you think back of where you were you're like, wait a minute, all this shit was inside a building. That was pretty awesome. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and that, I mean, that helicopter, you know, they, they played with the, um, perspectives and all that stuff oh, sure. to, yeah. to, to make it, you know, but it was still really believable and it was still, you know, that the down pressure that they had with the wind and all that stuff. I, I thought it was an amazing set piece. Yeah. That was a cool finale. Yeah, even, it was even really not, well done. Even not knowing, really. In fact, I. Oh yeah, I guess we did. We must. I don't know if we did cutting room floor before this or not. That doesn't matter. But um, what's that? You did. We did. Okay, so I guess I was familiar with some of the characters. Let's probably remember the name Alice, but I certainly didn't recognize every single thing in here. And it had enough variety and enough going on that it was a fun maze, especially with a finale yeah. like that. Yeah, I mean, it, it, even if you didn't know the the source material, it was a fun zombie maze, and and you got a really pretty cool kick ass finish. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Um, let's move on to Afterlife: Death's Vengeance. Okay, this is in Sprung Tent Two, 
And it was a 3D house. It was. Now, uh, we've said this on every prior episode, but if, if this is your first uh, uh, history episode and you haven't heard the rest yet, uh, it, the 3D in this is done by Chroma Depth, and it's where I believe uh, it plays with the spectrum of colors, where it brings red objects closer to you and blue objects farther away and everything in between green's kind of the middle palette of that. And then everything in between is at different levels. So very big, bright, basic colors when you get into the 3d part. And that's the interesting start about this. We actually go through, even though I'm sure we all went through with our glasses on the second we stepped inside the house, we don't get 3d right away. No, we don't. Yes. Our very first, uh, well, first we see the facade and it's the uh, state penitentiary of Cary, Ohio. Yay, uh-huh. Carrie. And we are witnesses to the execution of Bobby the Blade Galetta. And that's where it's not 3D. And a uh, point of note here, uh, well, two points of note here. We we do see the warden's um, doorway, which is the warden we uh, got to introduce to in uh, Hell's Gate Prison. Yeah. Oh, that's where that's from. <laughs> yep. Okay. And uh, probably more notable, uh, what the hell's his name? I just said it. Bobby Bobby the Blade was executed on Old, old Smokey. Yeah, we could almost do a special all on Old Smokey. So we got the we, electric. We really chair actually back. should do <laughs> right? a, a special on Old Smokey. <laughs> and this time, I believe it was a character. Uh, I could be wrong. I mean, it could have been a dummy, but I do remember the very last time I saw Old Smokey. Actually, I take it back. I think Old Smokey had a, an appearance in. Uh, Blumhouse, the insidious room. But the last time I really saw him was in Run, and my very last go through Run, the dummy's head, the dummy was shaking so much its head had fallen off by the time I got to it. <laughs> nice, yeah. So, uh, so this I think this is a character, but it, it could have been a dummy. But my point is, he was executed, so he's dead. So now you kind of turn the corner, and really, when you turn the corner, that's when all this fantastic color I talked about starts. And it starts with those. It's this is the only proper use of those god awful red and green laser Christmas lights that people buy and plug in their yard and looks like shit. Mm. Uh, I hate those, but they use them in this room as the transition room. So they, they kind of just let the pre-programmed pattern run. And it was, it was a nice little transition thing. And the very first distraction is Bobby, the blade in the electric chair, dead up on the ceiling, kind of sideways. So you're kind of, you know, you're definitely, this is the afterlife part of vengeance. And while that is happening, you have a one or two characters of the, of Bobby, the blade in boo holes, come out at you so right off the bat you're hit with 3d you're hit with a something that draws your eye and you're hit with characters yep and this is where it gets interesting (laughs) yeah and then the real fun starts i this is this is like the lost 3d house for me i forget this one existed until putting my notes reviewing my notes i put these notes together years ago we always make that joke but reading it's like oh yeah this is actually not a bad house it wasn't bad at all, and and you're right. It's kind of forgotten because every time we bring up 3D houses, and we go like, "Well, yeah, there were only like like two really good ones that I've seen," and it's like, "Well, no, that this one was actually pretty damn cool." Yeah, because in the next room, out of the uh, kind of Bobby's immediate afterlife area, for lack of a better term, I don't know what the official design name was. You go into kind of his jail life, and you you're in the jail cells. But what was cool was that they they had the the concrete block walls that you would 
associated with a prison, but they, instead of using shades of gray to make the faux rock or for, or faux concrete, they use shades of red, green, and blue on different walls. So some walls, even though they were all probably in the same distance from you, looked farther away or closer, or there were different distances. Really fucked with your head. And since these were walls, naturally, there's going to be a ton of characters to pop out from, but your eyes are are completely messing with your head of where things are actually happening. Mm. It was an amazing effect, and, and especially since the characters obviously had different colors than um, the walls they were popping out of. So, you know, you had the red characters, or, or, or sorry. Well, the, they had the, they had the uh, black and white prison uniforms, but under the black line, they'd have a colored line, like yeah, red, yeah. blue, so or green, would, I think. It was generally the colors. Yeah, and they would pop in and out, and, and it, it just really fucked with you. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a good use of the, the color. I always like when they really think about how they're going to use how that chroma depth works in the mm-hmm. color. And this is a prime example of it. This is one of the best ones that we've talked about in the last few recordings about 3d houses that I recall really, really being impressed of how much thought I think that they put into it. I agree. So from there, we kind of get into, we're kind of going backwards in time. We've got his, his afterlife. We've got his prison life. Now we got to the headlines of, of when Bobby actually committed the murder and uh, his, his arrest. And it's all done by reprints of newspaper headlines. And they're all over the place. We had in Alice, um, what was it? Alice, uh, the Alice in Wonderland one. I forget the exact name. Oh, what was it? Alice. Oh, the from 25. Mad um mad uh. oh it was the alice in wonderland one we'll just we'll just move on they they had the walls of the print text in this this they had the same type type of thing here it, they had the clear walls with the headline they also had the headlines on the walls and again in the different colors so you didn't exactly know which wall was what and another opportunity for characters to come through I was just trying yeah. to trying to give a point of reference for anyone that hasn't seen this, but has been to 25. So it's kind of yeah. a storybook room, but instead of storybook lines, it was uh, newspaper headlines and newspaper articles, which actually I, I am sure someone did. And I'm not laughing at them. I'm laughing at the idea that it wasn't me. I'm sure someone has gone through and read, read all those details and marked it somewhere. I do need to go online and look at that because I'm curious what was all written in these, these yeah. uh, reproduced newspaper pages. Asylum in Wonderland is what that's it. Yes. Oh, yes. I'm glad you said that because it honestly would have driven me nuts the rest of the night. Uh, It doesn't. It's not a far drive. (laughs) This is true too. (laughs) So from there we get the uh, we get another of the red and green lights that are constantly moving and more characters that come out and now we're kind of coming out of the afterlife but we have one last finale and that's it's we have room with these glowing wires and these bright flashes and when the bright flashes come out there's some more characters and then finally to get out of the afterlife instead of starting the 3d house with the spinny tunnel we oh, exit yeah, the house we yes we exit it or end it with the spinny tunnel and we have just these ghostly ish images of probably some of bobby maybe some i don't i don't want to say his victims i don't think they were those victims there i think they just may have been other other people executed by old Smokey. uh the faces spinning in those different colors so that was a hell of a walk back out of the exit door after going through that tunnel yeah yeah uh yeah and and i think this is really one of the forgotten 3d houses i i 
we we mentioned that earlier and i it was like oh i forgot there was a 3d maze this year yeah me too i forgot how good it was because it was actually really it was really good i liked the way that they they used the um non-3d in the beginning to to just you're going through this the last hours of this dude's life and then after it it's all the 3d stuff and you know you're you're basically going through his memories really is what you're doing in in this this whole 3d part and it's to me it was just like uh it was his death like it was like it was like everything would run through the the through this per this this psychotic killer's mind until he actually from when he started dying till he actually died is what you experience and then you go out the tunnel at the end and he's dead yeah and you're done you know I, I, and i thought that was just a really really cool story to tell and i thought 3d was a pretty good way to do it right yep yeah i enjoyed this one i forgot yeah. about it but i enjoyed it right and it's unfortunate <laughs> that it's as forgettable as yep. it is yeah you're right it is all right, let's um let's move on to Evil Dead. All right. Evil Dead, Evil Dead, Evil Dead, Evil Dead. Is it minute somewhere at Soundstage 24. So, yes. All right. So this was the remake of Evil Dead, which I did not see going into this, but I guess it's a pretty straightforward remake cuz I recognized everything in this house. Oh yeah. <laughs> so that was good. That was that was kind of nice to know. So, first first area the entrance basically so the first thing you see the first prop they have is the book of the necronomicon it's actually open and as you turn past that there are huge reprinted pages over it hanging over your head like on these these banners so it's kind of giving you the idea that someone's opened this and someone's read it yeah once you go past that you get something that we don't get very often in this form we get ip logos but more recently we've gotten like the the, the the actual broadcast version of the logos like evil dead or um not evil dead american horror story you see the logo <laughs> with the glitchiness and the music we saw that at least in the first one stranger things when you kind of went to the the little bit of a the intro to the property you went in that dark room and you got the stranger things logo that they used to start the show this was a big a uh, prop like big sculpture i don't know what you would call it i guess a sculpture of the evil dead logo on your yeah. left it was kind of neat you don't, we don't see it, that yeah. much anymore so, yeah you don't you don't really see those those um uh sort of meta sculptures anymore in halloween horror nights because it, it, it's kind of meta it, it you know it takes you out of that experience of being in the movie and just says uh, here's the movie name and here's this so it's like that meta thing and they did it in that whole 3d sculpture like you're saying we don't do that anymore right yeah it says we use the the movement of the animation of the of the logos now it's yeah. which is fine but it's it's kind of nice to see something kind of visceral and tactile right there to instead of I, just a screen yeah it's a bit old school i guess yeah okay so we actually and this is i'm gonna have to try to uh differentiate the two we go into a cabin and it is it's in the woods but it's not the <laughs> cabin in the woods i mean it just happens to you know that's what it is so we go in and we have chairs and piano and fireplace and whatnot it's, it's a recreation from the cabin in the movie and immediately we get the 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 possessed woman uh pop out at you with a great trigger line from the movie that is our first introduction. It's like we're we're starting right off the bat with a 
uh, immersion into the movie, which is fun. And again, I had not seen the remake, but I knew exactly what was going on. So it's that's yeah. that's. Well, I guess Sam Raimi made the remake, didn't he? He did. It's almost like he rebudgeted the the original, from what I'm understanding now. What I'm making pretty out much. of this, yeah. Okay, pretty much. It's kind of funny having the Evil Dead and the Cabin in the Woods in the same year, um, simply because uh, obviously Cabin in the Woods, the whole the the title of Cabin in the Woods, the the initial theory of of you know people going to hang out in a cabin in the woods is so much ripped from and, and uh, paying homage, I guess, to yeah. Evil Dead. Right, true. <laughs> it's not even funny, right? And having them both in the same Halloween Horror Nights year is pretty damn cool. Yeah, yeah. It kind of is. Now you mentioned that. So now we leave the cabin and we actually go out into the woods and we have a couple more interactions with the possessed character. And then I will say I was very surprised considering I'm going to say I'm going to write it this way. Uh, I wrote wrote it this way. I'm going to read it. We get the character that's being attacked by the tree and by attacked. Uh, uh, This is one of the more uncomfortable scenes I've ever seen in a movie especially horror movies. And, um, uh, the, the fact that the, this, this remake chose to actually do that scene again was kind of, I, I don't know, man, the, the, the taste levels on this one are hard to, to gauge. Now I will say, I mean, we don't get as far as the movie gets in here, but nodding to the scene, I'm not, how do I want to say it? I'm not surprised because it's it's a part of the movie. I'm surprised. It's a very iconic scene. Yeah. Yes, it was. I, I we watched the very first time I'd seen this movie. I had seen all the sequels before I ever saw the very first Evil Dead, like mm-hmm. Army of Darkness and Evil, yes, even Evil Dead too. So we had to watch it for the Grady's uh, years and years oh, okay. ago. So I'm watching it with my wife. Both of us watching it for the first time, and that's like just kind of sit there and not look at each other until that scene is done. Yeah, that's that's a really uncomfortable scene. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm uh yeah, let's let's move on. So, okay, so now we go back into the cabin and we have some more attacks from the possessed characters, one who's attacking a one of the movie victims on the floor and they she turns her attention to you from time to time or at least uh, someone in the crowd. And we move into the bathroom and we get the character that is, uh, been cutting her face, like uh, not slices, but cutting down, uh, pieces of her face off her cheek off. Yeah. That was, yeah. And it was, it was, it was obviously on, on second and third walks. It was obviously all pre-done in makeup, but again, they did, she had a sound trigger and a light trigger and there was just enough strobe and just enough movement in her, her hand that, you know, her hand was kind of covering it. And then in the strobes, her hand was now below her cheek and her piece of a cheek was missing really well done between makeup, lighting and sound in that one's character. Definitely. That uh, was a it was a freaky room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a really freaky. Room. I mean, it was it did exactly what it was designed to do was make you super uncomfortable. Right. Yes. Yeah. And okay, so now we go through uh, a little bit of a hallway and into the kitchen, and we have more characters popping out through that hallway. In the kitchen, we have the character that is trying to remove her own arm with the electric knife. Which yep. is, yeah, a little more uh, bloody in concept than actual happening. Because it's, it's not one of those things where there's a f- 
fake arm she's cutting into. She just has a prop cutting uh, uh, electric knife that's making the electric knife recognizable sound, and her arm's already pre-bloodied. But still, you know, yeah. like, yeah, okay. So, <laughs> so now we go downstairs into the basement, and now here is where you get the um, I don't even know I the, the I always think there's I. Uh, maybe uh, that's going to lead on a tangent. We get the iconic character of the, it's the one, the, the imagery they used for the brochures, the imagery they used for the movie, the character that's creeping out from that, that doorway, that access hatch or whatever in the, in the, um, in the floor. And mm-hmm. they cast it good. She's got the eyes and she has got that. She's smiling, but in like the worst way possible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and that, uh, again, that sellers, that, that creepy crawler coming from the cellar scene was, was, uh, really well executed in this maze. Yeah. And then we kind of get our, our final walk through the basement. We go through some stonework. We get back out into the woods and now we have, uh, one more walk through just a little bit of, uh, the cabin, which is now completely engulfed in fire and as we're passing through the the burning part of the the cabin there's a couple more pages of the necronomicon above us and then we're outside so that is evil did yeah uh, i thought they did a pretty good job with this one um it, it the remake was not unnecessary in my opinion right i, I agree yep uh, i thought the the original stands stands the testament of time no problem but at the same time you know this was this was just it was close enough to the original that when i was walking through this house i didn't i could i could pretend it was uh part of the i could pretend that the ip was the original and i didn't it wasn't a hard stretch for me exactly yep you know what i mean yep i i know i'm butchering my words no no but you're 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 right though it's like because i had the same experience i didn't see the original I mean, I'm sorry. I didn't see the uh, remake, only the original, and it was like there was nothing in there that confused me. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, you know, going through the maze, not not you know, thinking about the original, it was was just fine. I I had no problem adapting to it. All right, um, let's move on to the last of the originals, which is the Urban Legends La Llorona. Okay, so. La Llorona. That was another sprung tent house. And we start off with a, seeing the uh, we, uh, weeping woman. Well, the story, it, we kind of are introduced to the story in the first set of uh, rooms or facades or entryways. It's not really a facade because we're in a sprung tent. The weeping woman, she drowned her children and now she's tormented. And we start off by hearing her mournful cries kind of echo in this entrance. And she's forced to walk the earth for eternity, seeking for others who to share her pain and suffering with. So that's like the lead up of the story. And the first very first room we go to is a, a shrine to not only the children, but all the people that have uh, <laughs> dearly departed. And it's a room full of the, those prayer candles which had to have been now we're inside the sprung tent. I mean, the, the lowest of the low ceilings, these had to be led lights or this little flickering battery ones, but they were, it was so well set up and so well placed when you walk by it that I didn't realize. So after that, they, 
those, wait a minute, those couldn't have been candles burning. No. Nope. It's little simple things like that, that after years of going, you really appreciate the fact that you didn't notice it until you thought about it. Right. I agree totally. So it was, a, it was a very effective room. Yes. Yeah. So from in there, we're actually kind of in a, uh, a, a church setting and we go past some mourners in pews and there it's, it's, uh, again, I'll give a modern example to people that haven't been there before. Very insidious like where insidious had bodies wrapped in, I guess they were like body Gauze bags or, or canvas or, or something. Yeah. This, these were people that had shrouds over their heads. Some were dummies, some weren't. So you had, the, or one wasn't. So you had one mourner that would pop out at you that you weren't necessarily expecting to move. And once you passed the mourners, there is a La La Lenore, La Lorona character there sharing her pain and suffering. And she's a good scare. Uh, oh God. In yeah. place, yes. there. So, Still, within the church setting, we go through a hallway of statues of saints, and who doesn't know where this is going when you have a room full of statues? Oh, yeah. No, they're, <laughs> they're all just statues, right? Right, of course, except for yeah, that except one. Except the one that's not. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, there's at least one living statue in there, maybe more. I know one had gotten me, <laughs> for sure. So, yep. yes, always, always. You know, you know there's one. You know there's yeah. one, but you can't find the damn thing until and, and they get you first. I, and I think this is a tribute, and, and we don't, uh, we say this quite a lot, but I don't know that we even say it enough, but it's a tribute to those characters. Oh, yeah. They can just, like, hold that, I, and I know that the lighting favors them, and I know that all that stuff favors them, but they still, they can hold that pose so tight and so uh, still, while still breathing and doing all the things that need to be done to you know, keep Bondley's bodies functioning and then just still scare the living fuck out of you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yes. And okay. So from there, we're, we're kind of going deeper into the, uh, I guess it's the kind of the crypt of the base, but all the bodies have been either exhumed or they're, um, the, the the caskets are open so again another set of possibly a character in one of those but more to the point there's a lot of angles and areas for characters to pop out of which they do and we also get a, a ghost projection of la Llorona rather than a character uh alone and that's up over our heads and it's not a not a pepper's ghost necessarily i don't think at all really but it's a projection of her so her presence is there in this yeah. as well um, now we go, we st we're starting to go out of the, I guess, I guess it was a church. I never really noted it as a church, but obviously these church elements we're going across. This is where I've heard people talk about this in, in almost every regard. I should say we're walking across the water and there are the bodies of the, as we're crossing the bridge, we're crossing the water where the children were drowned and the bodies are still there. Right. And I've heard people say, I don't want to say they said positive things. I've heard people say negative things. And I've heard people defend it because it's part of the story and it's obviously dummies. I'm not going to get into the discussion, but I will say that it's part of the story and it was there and it, it, it made you feel something probably uncomfortable and setting you up for this kind of second half of the, uh, of the house. Yeah, and if it didn't make you feel uncomfortable, um, you should uh, see a shrink. Um, <laughs> True. But, um, uh, I mean, 
what are you going to do? A, it's part of the source material, and B, you know, this is part of what you sign up for when you go to these types of events. Mm-hmm. These are adult adult events, and they are they are taking on uh, uh, themes and 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 stories and and things like that that are not meant for children, and they are not meant to be taken literally and seriously. Like like this is what you know, the creators wanted to do to kids or anything like this is just, this is dark, dark stuff. And, you know, part of, part of this event and part of the things that people have said about this event is like, well, they don't do the dark stuff anymore. <laughs> and it's all too blink, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, okay, this is, this is part of the dark stuff that you're asking for, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and some of the, I understand that there's the flip side where some of these people are like, well, this is too dark and we shouldn't be doing this as children and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, but at the same time, you know what? It's, it's storytelling and it's, uh, it's not reality and it's not, you know, it's not a thing where, where this is, this, this is where we're living fantasies to do this or anything. This is just, this is just dark, dark storytelling. So deal with it. Yeah. And it was, that's exactly what it was. It was storytelling because these are the most unrealistic. I mean, we, they can do mannequins and whatnot that are, you're not sure if it's real or not. These were clearly not real, like beyond not real. They did it for storytelling. Sometimes that's even just enough for people to complain about. Well, and, and you know, when people complain, that means that people are getting really, really uncomfortable. And that means, <laughs> yeah, to, right, me, okay. to me, that means they're doing their job. Yep. Yeah. Right. I mean, you've gotten people uncomfortable enough that they're complaining about this. They're doing their job. Yeah. That's what Halloween, that's what these Halloween events are about. This is true. Yep. Yep. Okay. So now we move on to the next building, which I never definitively asked or researched if it's actually La Lorona's house, but I'm kind of thinking it is. And we enter through a barn and all of the livestock has been slaughtered is hanging from the ceiling and like in your path you actually have to move it out of the way it's like the the body bags from a couple other ones or the body parts from the walking dead houses and in the midst of all that there is a la lorona creature it's not her but it's she's kind of got an animal face that she's sharing the morning of the slaughtered animals and the suffering with us in this one so a new form of her now why i think it's her house because we we go in into we get out of the barn and into a house and there is this huge painting of la Llorona on the wall and it is a beautiful effect it's one of those scrims where yeah. when the light turns on behind it you see a great la Llorona character behind it very mm-hmm. again when when you're not expecting it the first time it's a great uh great effect yep and further into the house we pass a bedroom with a a, a woman thrashing and being attacked and more characters and now we're kind of getting a more uh hideous version monstrous version that's the way to say it, monstrous version of la Llorona as we get deeper in the house she's she's got like these reddened eyes with no pupil and no iris her her face and head is big enough that she's actually consuming someone from their torso down as she's reaching down on you. And the further we get, the worse she is until we finally exit the house. And we do that by pushing our way through some camo nets and some hanging vines, which gives plenty of distraction for characters that are waiting on the, each side. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I really enjoyed this house. Yeah. I really, really did. 
All right, let's move on to uh, the second last, I guess, of our IP properties, but the last of the IP properties before we talk about the headliner of the event, when this would be American Werewolf in London. Yes. And I I really feel like this is going to be a rehash of (laughs) what we talked about in 25, um, mostly because this is you know, we, we, they duplicated this house in 25 and, uh, did some additions and, and better effects for this, this maze in 25. So, um, if, uh, spoiler warning, if we start talking and comparing this to 25 in, in a negative way, we, it's not that we don't like this maze and it's not like we don't think that this maze was amazing. It's just that they did it in 25 again and they added things to make it even better. Yeah. And I don't think actually looking through my notes, I, I don't really have anything negative to say about it. It's a uh, cool. Yeah. So it's uh it starts off I and mean, it's based out of the John Hughes film. I'm sure everyone knows that mm-hmm. at this point. And we enter, we enter it the same way we, well, we'll just say it's, I'm not, I'll say it once same way as 25 started and then everything beyond that as well. We enter the slaughtered lamb, which is, is an iconic piece of set. So that's always fun. You have the the bar with the the Christmas the other Christmas lights before Stranger Things became before it became associated solely with Stranger Things. Christmas right. lights across the bar. You have the uh, the taps and the glasses and the the dartboard. What's cool is that they as you're in there, there's no characters, but there's lines being played from the movie, and the lighting is very dim. But but these areas where this where the characters had talked in the movie lights up a little more. Like this is where yeah. they would be if they were here. Exactly. That that was cool, and they did that again, of course, in twenty five. Yep. So we move out of there, and then the first thing that we come across is a victim being attacked at the edge of the moors. We don't actually see who or what's happening, but we hear it and we see some motion. We go further in and we go across a stone wall and past the stone wall is where we get the first werewolf. Now, I will say, and it's not a negative thing. I will say I remember when the whole presentation of 25 came and John Hughes had come out and he said, he's like, guys, you, you know, we did this. And I said, you got to do the wolves better. And I, I remember then going into 25 and seeing the wolves and going, Oh, they look, you know, I, like I remember if you search and it's not hard to search a comparison of the wolves from 23 to 25. And in fact, you can find comparisons of uh, Hollywood doing it in 2014 as well. There is yep. a marked difference between 23 and 25. I was completely oh, wrong. God, yeah. They they are a ton better in twenty five, but they're oh, not yeah. bad in twenty three. That's a that's a, that's a cool thing. I was happy with no, twenty three. I, mean, I was even happier in twenty five. Twenty three was the 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 reason that that this maze was recreated in twenty five was it was it was regarded as one of the best mazes ever done for Halloween Horror Nights. I mean that is the whole reason it got redone. And so yeah, no, it was obviously not bad in in twenty three. Right. So after the moors, we go into the hospital, which is a, a part of the, major part of the movie, um, and we get some character interactions here. Now, this I think there was a. I remember there being many more mannequins in beds and dead bodies, and maybe twenty five. There were more character driven from then. It's hard to it's hard for me to recall exactly, but I kind of remember there being more more uh there were characters and mannequins 
Yeah, there were more characters than mannequins in 25 than there were in 23. Okay. So, I mean, the, the, the mannequin effects in 23 were pretty damn good, though. Right, right. So, out of there, now here's where, this is this is really, what I don't know why I labored on that, because I want to get this. This is something they did in both, and I think as I said, I wasn't going to keep comparing to 25, but here I am doing it. But I'm, I think it being rather positive, my favorite scene in this house, and, and one of, I think one of the best recreations they've done in a movie up to this point then we get to a new level when we start introducing the, these more modern uh, or more recent ones is the transformation of yeah. yes in the middle of the uh, of the living room in the middle of the, room, of the floor we actually have some transformation going on the stretching of his legs the stretching of his arms very well done yeah and that was that was not changed at all when we went to 25 because it was done so well in this year where that transition scene was just you could you could feel the pain yeah, that right. was going on in that in that uh it, that creature's face yep. like just and the way that the limbs were bending in 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 those unnatural ways it was just yeah it was it, just bad it was the effects it was a character and it was the sound design it was yep. it was a perfect match yeah, it really was. From there, we go a little bit deeper into the house, and we have some more of the characters popping in and out of the out of the doors. And now we get to the 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 underground to the um the tube, the London tube, the underground. Yeah. So this is I I've always liked the recreation of this, and this is this the first actually the first two times I saw this before I has been before I've actually gone to London. Now having been to London, I appreciate it. A little more and then again we get another werewolf puppet uh yeah i mean it's a puppet it, it sounds a little <laughs> less less uh, um scary than it is when you use that word but technically it's right. a puppet it's a scary puppet and it's yeah, yeah it's a it's a, a great scare and it is. It's, it's a good scare and it's a it, i mean I don't know puppet. I, I agree with you. The, with the word puppet really doesn't do it justice. It's almost like an animatronic uh, that they that they're using. But really, yeah, it's just a puppet because there's some dude behind there controlling it, and and he's doing a really good job. Yep. And we get out of the the tube and into the movie theater, which <laughs> again, uh, it's 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 a. I don't want to say it's a, it's a repeat, but it's an element. It's a scare element. A, a design element. A room full of dead people. Are they yeah. all? Of course not. No. Yeah. The the fun is trying to figure out which one it is. <laughs> and there's yeah. at least one character that comes up at you. And okay, so now we're we leave. We're leaving the theater and we're heading back out into the streets. But we get one more werewolf puppet who is feeding on a victim kind of off to the side as we're exiting out of the streets and from the streets to the actual exit. And we're back outside to the park. So uh, really cool. This is one of the, uh, we've talked, we've been talking IPs for a few episodes now since we've done this, but this is one of the, this is, this is kind of the start of really bringing the, film to life the best they can as accurately as, as, as they can at least in my opinion that's what it feels like this feels like a different level than some of the other ip movie translations we've seen up to this point yeah i i, I 
kind of agree with you. And I think this is one of the mazes that was, you know, we talk about uh, the IP transitions and we talk about The Walking Dead, but I think this actual maze was probably one of the ones that started leading us into things like The Shining and Poltergeist mm-hmm. and and those things that were, were you know, starting to get used to seeing now in uh, the modern version of Halloween Horror Nights. And I think this is really one of the ones that, that ushered that in because it was like it was very true to the movie. It was very true to life, to to the, the movie's vision. And it was it was you really got to walk through that entire movie. And when, you know, two years later, when they stepped it up in in 25, you really Really, I think that <laughs> that was this, com- yeah. this combined with that is really what what ushered in the ability to do the shining and poltergeist and, and all of those things they've been doing since. Yeah. And the um, we take a little departure in, I think, 24, where they do aliens versus predator, but it's not and either of the movies, thankfully. It's not either of the movies. Yeah, it's it's no. our own interpretation of it. And then we have Freddy versus Jason, which is not the Freddy versus Jason Jason movie. But then, then we start bringing in Exorcist, then The Shining, yeah. then Poltergeist, yeah. and now Ghostbusters. Yeah. So it's like they, it's it's, and and I don't know, I I don't know the rhyme or reason, or if there's a, or just that's just the way it happened. But this, I think, really is the start of where we get these super immersive recreations of movies. Now was 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 with this one. Yeah, I, 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 that's basically what I was trying to say okay. is it's yeah. the exact same thing. It's like this is where we really started doing that immersive movie feel. And um, I, and I think the evolution from the, the fact that they got to recreate this and take all of that feedback, especially from the, the feedback from from like the director and say, like, uh, you, you need to do the wolves better. And they <laughs> they fucking did. Um it really showed the movie industry that no, like we will take your criticism and we'll, we'll do whatever the hell we need to and make really fucking <laughs> good mazes right. and recreations. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And all for the better because these, these, they've been off. They've just been, they blow me away in these most recent years. And I expect a couple more this year to do the same. Agreed. Uh, you know, I, I've, we, we, when we started this show, I was always on the, the side of the, um, uh, the originals and, and lately some of the IPs have really just won me over and, and have done an amazing job. So, uh, all right, let's move on to yeah. the last maze. And <laughs> the reason I wanted to do this one last is because it's a, a lead into what's going to be the dominant topic of our next episode um and that is the walking dead no safe haven all right um <laughs> this is I, I i'm laughing because i remember going through this with uh you had now no no you hadn't you hadn't started watching it had you i actually had yeah, it, a little bit because we were we were watching some of the first season um before we we went and saw this i think okay uh, that's and, and so i i'd gotten a little bit of a an idea of what was going on that's why I'm laughing because I remember the very first, like the major part of the very first thing on here. You you had to ask me what it was, and I had to explain everything to Fear Scout because he didn't 
see any yeah. of Walking Dead yet. And that starts with, well, first you kind of have your little introduction, not little, but you have an introduction into the world of The Walking Dead, and you're walking through the one of the, I guess it's the house of the governor, considering where we're going to go into this room. And you get a couple characters. You don't get any uh, of the walkers yet in this but you get some some people attacking you and the first major show element you see is the fish tank of all the walker heads yeah and some are there's some animatronics in there moving and it's also a big wall so you have a um this one particular character jump out at you and it looks like a little girl with a pillowcase over her head because it's that is a character in the movie, his daughter, the TV show. It's his daughter. And I remember that being the first element that you having not seen this season yet and fear scale, not seeing that you're kind of like, all right, what the hell is already happening in this? Yep. Yeah. It was, it was, it was weird not having experienced the, the TV show and seeing all of this stuff. And, and then having explained later was like, Oh, it would have been so much better if I had watched this at a time. Right. Yep. So now we're kind of making our way out of the governor's realm and we're going through there's that's another part of the story is that um she's kind of tucked away in this uh uh like a secret room passageway or whatever. That's where he keeps her. She's she is a, a a walker, which is the word for zombies. If you don't already know that, so she's kind of tucked away from the rest of his crew. So you're going into her like world, and it's it's dirty and grimy and gross. And she's she's there at every turn attacking you. Then you finally come out and you go into now the world of our characters the walking dead characters starting with going through a little bit of a chain link corridor i don't want to say a maze we've seen those chain link fence mazes before this isn't so much that it's just kind of one straight passage and then a uh left or right turn not sure which direction you went it was a right turn okay so from the right turn now now we're getting into the uh um rural rural evidence we're not in the alexander year alexandria years yet but we're into some houses and now now we're we're, we're in the world of the of the the walking dead the, and the people now we're getting our walker interaction and they're at every turn that's that's the only characters we see for like a, a good quarter of the rest of this house until we get to the jail cell and the jail cell was a huge thing I was looking forward to because the entire second season or maybe it was, no, I'm sorry. Third season, third season, second season was on Herschel's farm. Here's a tricky thing with doing something that is done entirely in one location is that you need to have a lot of it to really get the feel of the story they told on the TV show. The jail yeah. cell was so short. Mm-hmm. It was almost nothing. It felt like it was three actual cells and the stairway and a stairway is kind of a significant piece of the story. And then that was it. And that was the finale it was a jail cell. And all you got was, like I said, it felt like three, maybe it was like six, three on either side, or maybe it was even 12, but it felt like three jail cells that had a half dozen walkers pop out at you and no real ending to it. As yeah, I, there was no real story points to, to the jail scenes at all. Like it was just jump scares and, and you walked out and then you were done. And I was like, Ooh, what the fuck? It's yeah. It was very, um, 
it was a little disappointing, I'll say, because I was really looking forward to the gel because I had just, we, everyone that was a Walking Dead fan had just watched the entire season and it all takes place there and you're expecting so many elements and to have it just a less than a quarter of the entire maze and have nothing happen in it that happened really in the show other than the fact that it does eventually get overrun by walkers really wasn't the finale we were expecting. Now, I will say, well, be, oh, go ahead. Uh, and I thought that that um, when you were talking about the the that sort of chicken wire maze that we walked through, where there was this this kind of like big almost barn area where you walk through this chicken wire maze, like they used up so much of the space in that maze to to get that effect, and it just didn't have a whole lot of scares or anything in it. Uh, and I thought it was kind of a waste. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's. I can't disagree with that. And I'm going to say that I don't think I'm the only one that thought that I, I don't do those, um, the surveys that do at the end that often. Actually, Shelby's changed my mind on it. She's actually kind of, you know, she she says, you're the type of person that the, the feedback should be given because you have a history with it. And then you're probably looking at details that the one time or each year isn't coming. So she's going to change my mind. I've done them more lately, but I definitely didn't do it back then. But I'm guessing a lot of Walking Dead fans do be, did because the difference between the lack of representation from the current season or the promised season, I should say, from 23, 24 was the next season. And 24, yeah. before we get into that, was probably the pinnacle of The Walking Dead. And that's where they should have stopped because that that was that entire season in one room. It was amazing, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and, and uh, you know, it's, it's good on the team that they can take that feedback and really just, you know, uh, apply it to the next year so that, that, yeah. Um, I, I appreciate people that can understand that, you know, whatever they did is, is not quite what was expected and let's do the next thing. Yep. So, but, uh, you know, I, I will say for this maze, what it did do is get me interested in The Walking Dead a little bit. And, uh, you know, we, we did start watching it at your house. Mm-hmm. I don't think I really started watching it until... No, that's that's probably when I really did start watching it. Okay. And so, it you know, it did really instigate me starting to watch The Walking Dead. I mean, I stopped seasons ago because, <laughs> dear God, it's gotten bad. But anyway. But it's gotten good again. But I don't. I don't blame anyone for not going back to it. Yeah. Well, it's gotten good again. Okay. Exactly. Um, yeah. If you say so. Um, if they're losing Michonne, it's it's really. Yeah, not I'm worried good about again. that. But I do now. I absolutely have to see her last season. Well, there you go. Yeah. So but I love her as an actress. Oh, me too. She, yep. I like I like her in in uh, the the uh, MCU. Mm-hmm. I like her. Um, you know, I, I like her in the walking dead. I just, I think she's, she's a very versatile, awesome actress and yeah, she's, she's great. She, and damn, even bald, she's hot. <laughs> yeah. True. That's yeah. That's walking dead. Uh, yeah. That's when that covers. <laughs> yeah. That covers, um, the mazes for this year. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to probably roll in right into the next episode and, uh, we're going to talk about all the shows, the, the rides and attractions probably yep. as well. And then we're going to talk about the, uh, well, street experience, I guess this year, yep. uh, not really a scare zone episode, but a, a street experience episode. So tune in for that next, next episode. Yep. Yep. And all stuff for me to say is of course, thank you, Quinn, for this walk down memory lane tonight. 
Oh, God, it's always fun to walk down <laughs> Halloween Horror Nights memories. This is true. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is a Neozaz Internet Entertainment production. For more great podcasts and original entertainment, visit our website at neozaz.com. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is not affiliated with nor endorsed by Universal Studios Florida. All Halloween Horror Nights properties, icons, titles, events, and related items are property, trademark, and copyright, Universal Studios, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. For more Halloween Horror Nights coverage, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast and follow our Twitter account at Neozaz. To help support the series and all the work we do at Neozaz, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.